0: Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just want to ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen and we pray that you are blessed. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, your devices, whatever you have in your hand uh, this morning, would you turn with me to the book of Revelation? When I got this invite, uh, the Lord arrested my attention long ago in the beginning of the month and I started working and I was like, why would you take me to Revelation? Because oftentimes when we hear the book of Revelation, we, got, we, we get scared, we, we, right? We, just, but I want you to know that even in the book of Revelation that there is hope because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Would you say Amen. God reveals himself in so many ways. And so we just praise the Lord uh, just for this opportunity. But I want to take your attention to the book of Revelation chapter one. And when you get there, would you just find your place in verse seven? Uh, and for our sermonic time this morning, I want to just lift before our uh, congregation, those in the virtual platform, as well as here presently, uh, verses 7 through 9. And as you're there, uh, when you get there, would you say amen? While I give another shout out to my brother, Pastor Rico, amen. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy to see him uh, and what God had done has done through him, and then how he's also blessed my life. And so I praise the Lord for you as well. Pastor Rico, it's good to see you and to all the rest of the pastors and ministers in this space. But I want to lift up before our time together, uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. When you get there, would you say amen. amen? Hallelujah. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and the word of the Lord reads this way. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him even so amen verse 8 says I am the alpha and the omega says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come the almighty amen Verse nine finishes this way. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Don't miss that family. Let me just highlight again. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I want to really zero in, though, on verse 8. Is that all right? I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who was and is and is yet to come, the Almighty. For the next couple of moments, I'd like to preach under the simple subject, the God of the in-between. The God of the in-between. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this moment. God, take my flaws and and my insecurities and hide them behind your cross. Because your people are hurting. They are in need of a word. And so, Father God, in the name of Jesus, speak to us. For your people are listening. Receive the praise, honor, and glory. When it's all said and done, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The God of the in-between. John the Revelator currently finds himself on the island of Patmos due to the fact that he was willing to be a conduit to spreading the liberating gospel of Jesus Christ. Your Bible says that the reason he was on the island of Patmos was on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And what we have to understand today is that John is on the island of Patmos after the fact that he's been a witness and testified freely of the goodness of Jesus. And here's what I want you to understand this morning, that even after being bold in his faith and even after being bold in his declaration of Jesus, he still finds himself on the island of Patmos, exiled, incarcerated in a place of darkness and loneliness. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Patmos was already a small rocky island in the Aegean Sea that was used as a place of isolation and became a place where John was exiled to in other words he's now incarcerated in a place of darkness all alone by himself on account of the word of God being a witness all over Asia Minor and what you have to understand is that John actually helps us to see the reality of our Christian experience the Bible says that it is in this place that God sends an angel, hallelujah, to communicate with John while he was on the island of Patmos. You missed your shout. Uh, the Bible says that while John is exiled on the island of Patmos, this place of imprisonment, this place of loneliness, this place of darkness, this place of difficulty, that God still shows up and speaks. To John in this place. All right, you missed your shout again. I thought I would get a little bit more. Um, Let me try this again. I said, Your Bible says that John was exiled to the island of Patmos, and while he's there, God shows up. All right, one more time for the people all the way in the parking lot. Uh, John, uh, let me help you. John is in a season of difficulty and trial and tribulation and even tragedy. And the word of the living God says that an angel of the Lord shows up and communicates what God wants John to know in his season of difficulty and darkness do i have a witness in this space today that can celebrate that wow we are in a season of difficulty and darkness that God has a way of showing up. I was on the verge of divorce, but I praise God that God showed up. I was diagnosed with cancer, but I'm so glad that my Jesus showed up. I was battling in my addiction, but God showed up. I was in financial ruin, but God showed up. My electricity and my bills were going to have me out on the street, but I'm so glad that God showed up. Do I have a witness in this place that can celebrate the fact that God shows up in our moments of trial, tribulation, and tragedy? And it's interesting, family, because as God shows up, John's reality teaches us that even in our reality of our Christian experience, There's going to be some dark seasons we have to walk through. What do you mean, preacher? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because if you live long enough, you will discover that life is filled with ups and downs. You can wake up one morning and experience all of the blessings of God just to turn around the next morning and be able to be distracted, discouraged, because hell has knocked on your door. Just ask John. Uh, When you look at the life of John, he was able to see miracle after miracle performed in the presence of Jesus. He's so excited that even after the crucifixion of our Christ and Lord Savior Jesus Christ, he's now seeing that as he's going through the different regions, he's proclaiming, the goodness of Jesus and while he's proclaiming the 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 goodness of Jesus he currently finds himself in the text on an island called Patmos and I need someone here to understand that John's reality teaches us that even as we go through the ups and downs of life that we will have to experience some valleys before we get to the mountaintop do I have a witness in this place Uh, If you've ever lived long enough, you will understand that although the mountaintop experiences are great, the celebrations of life, the celebrations of your marriage, the celebrations of your anniversary, the celebrations of God's goodness, although we want it to last for a while, the reality is after you celebrate, there's oftentimes you will find yourself the next day way down in the valley. And I need you to understand here today That John's reality teaches us that it cannot always be your season. John's reality, if you look at the context, teaches us that while we are in the text, he's in a season where it's dark and it's lonely and and he almost feels as if he's alone. But thank the Lord that he always shows up in those moments. And I need someone here to understand that John's reality teaches us that every season can't be your winning season. Every season can't be peaches and cream. Every season we go through can't be God's abundance as he relates to the materialistic things that we have. In other words, the Christian experience teaches us that we're going to have to suffer and lose sometimes. And the question I have to the text, I'll give you three points and I'll get out of your way. The question I have to the text is what do you do when it's not your season? What do you do when you want to bear fruit, but you can't bear fruit because you're barren? What do you do if you're not rooted in the soil that God produces for you and you're not able to produce in those seasons? What do you do when it's just not your season to, to bear fruit or even produce and you find yourself isolated, alone in a season of difficulty and darkness? I'm glad you asked. The first observation of the text is that the first thing that we must do in our seasons when it's not our winning season is we ought to remember what God has done in the past. The text is, uh, he's on the island of Patmos, the angel of the Lord shows up, and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who was. All right, all right. So the existence of God was always there, even before the beginning began. Catch it. It'll settle when you're at home. God's presence was always there before the beginning began. And God's presence is always going to be there even after the end ends. (laughs) But what I love about the gospel of Jesus is that there's always a reminder in the word that even when we look in our past, God was always there. For the Bible says, he says, I am the alpha, the omega, the one who was. In other words, while we are still struggling with some past hurt, while we are struggling with some past trauma, while we are struggling with some past relationship, God wants to remind us this morning, even in the text, that while we were struggling, he was already there. In other words, we got to look at our circumstances and our situation and then look Back at how God worked in the past, I feel like shouting this morning. Because when I look back over my life, when I see the hell and the high water that I had to go through over the last couple of years, it was God who kept me. It was God who sustained me. And it was God who delivered me. And here's what I need you to know today, that even when you're going through trials and tribulation, God wants you to remember what God has done in the past. Okay, in this sanctuary, since my mother, in 2018, she was diagnosed with cancer. When this word came to my family, we were devastated. I wish I could tell you that I trusted God even more in that moment, but nah, I was crying, I was wailing, and my wife was present there in my living room all the way in so, Laurel, Mississippi. And while we received the news, the doubt started to creep in because when we hear that word, our mind directly goes to death. Ah uh, but if I only allow my doubt to dictate how good my God is we will never ever accept the reality that my my God is still good even in difficult moments Uh, That's why I can share this story and my mom sits here as a living testimony that when I look back at the difficulty and the tragedy and the trials and the tribulations, it was God who delivered her and she now sits before you cancer-free. Hallelujah. If you ever forget in your not winning seasons, can I say that? In your seasons where you're not winning, just remember what God has done in the past. That's why one of my favorite quotes from Auntie Ellen is simply this. Uh, we have nothing to fear. lest us We forget what the Lord has done in the past. In the past. And I need someone here this morning who's going through a tough season just to remember that in this season where you're not winning, where you're in darkness and difficulty, just look back and just give a a, a glimpse of how God carried you through those tough circumstances. When it's not your winning season, remember what God has done in the past. The second point I want to give you is simply this, when it's not your winning season, you ought to recognize God's presence in your present predicament. When it's not your winning season, you ought to recognize God's presence in your present predicament. Uh, notice, notice in the text, the context uh, of our text is simply this, that John is exiled to the island of Patmos for his faith. Uh, he's in a place of darkness and difficulty and experiencing difficulty, and God shows up and doesn't take the situation away from him. <laughs> uh In other words, in other words, we always be trying to ask God, God, uh, this struggle, this burden is too heavy. Would you lift it away from me? And God is just like, no. Notice in the text that he's in darkness and difficulty and God doesn't say I'm going to deliver you right away. No. He just says, who God is. Can I just tell the people of God that we got to celebrate the fact that our circumstances and our situations do not dictate how good our God is? In other words, our circumstances, our trials, our tribulations, our tragedy does not distract the reality that God is who He is. He's sovereign. He's good. He's Almighty. The text says, and you ought to know that in, when it's not your winning season, that our circumstances does not change the characteristics of my God. Well, it's not your winning season. You ought to know that you got to remember what God has done in the past. But here it is. You got to recognize God's presence in your present predicament. Uh, Notice he doesn't even give a hint that John's present predicament is about to change. He doesn't even give a timetable as to how long John has to suffer. Instead, uh, God reassures him in his situation who God is. All right. Your Bible says it this way. Uh, when God speaks, He 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 says that I am the Alpha, the Omega, the One who was, and the One who is. All right, quick English review. Uh, is functions uh, as a verb. In actuality, it's a what is it? State of being verb. All right, I'm glad. I'm glad this review is working really well. Uh, which means uh, that God is communicating to us uh, that while he is the beginning and while he is the end, God is still active. you got to understand that is, in a sentence, is an active state of being. So even if nothing else happens, and it, I mean, we sing a, God, a song that God is, right? So even as God is, he's still Acting in the here and now. Come here, let me come and get you. Uh, because while we are still struggling in our pain, God is still active. While you're still struggling to keep your marriage intact, God is still active. While you're still struggling with your insecurities, God is still active. While you are struggling through your addictions, God is still active. And while you're processing your trauma, God is still Active do I have a witness in this place that can celebrate the fact that while it may not be your season to win, I praise and bless the name of the Lord that God is still active on my behalf and my sins do not separate me from him my failure doesn't disqualify my, disqualify me and my lack of faith doesn't leave me this own do I have a witness in this place that God is still active. And here's what I need you to understand. Your present predicament doesn't dictate how God is and how God chooses to move in our presence. He's just working things out for his glory and for his good. Instead, God reminds us that while we're in our hurt and our pain and our trauma and our valleys, God is And I have faith that even now, that if God doesn't change my present predicament, let me just go to the book of Daniel and borrow uh, from my brothers Abednego and Shadrach. That if the Lord doesn't do another thing, I will still trust the Lord. He's already done enough. Do I have any witnesses in this place that can look back and say, praise the Lord, that if he doesn't do anything else, I've already seen the goodness of God in my present. And I know he's working all things out in my present. Uh, Here's the last thing before I get out of your way, family, simply this. When it's not your winning season, you ought to remember what God has done in your past. You ought to recognize uh, what God's presence in our present predicament. But here it is. uh, The third point, when it's not your winning season, is we must receive his promise. All right. All right. Uh, John. It's on the island of Patmos in verse 9. He's in a lonely place, a lowly place. He's in isolation. He's, in, he's been exiled because of his faith. The Bible says that in his reality, God shows up and says that I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning or Alpha, the Omega, the one who was and is and is yet to come. Uh, uh, but that's not the shout of the text because the shout of the text actually happens very early uh, it actually happens in verse 7 notice how God speaks to John in verse 8 tells him that despite of his circumstances and his situation God is But notice that that reality doesn't match the promise in the reality of verse seven. Come here, someone. Let me help you. The Bible says this way: Behold, behold. He's grabbing your attention. Behold, behold. I John, your behold. He is coming with the clouds. He is. It's not. He might. Literally, he is coming. So, while we're dealing with our present predicament and going through our trials and tribulations, there's a promise in the Word of God in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, where God says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, Amen. The promise is that while you're going through this season of not winning and not prospering in your marriages and in your family life and in your careers, the reality is that these situations and these seasons and these moments only last for a while. For the Bible says, and this too shall pass. Do I have a witness in this place that can celebrate the fact that this season is in temporary? This reality is in our final reality this is not our final destination because God gives a promise in verse 7 and he says behold I come with the clouds do I have a witness in this space that can just celebrate the fact that while I'm not winning in this season my reality is about to change Uh, let me come get you because while you are struggling in your pain God continues to show us that these seasons that we currently go through aren't our final destination. They don't always last always. Uh, and the reason why we can continue to shout and celebrate in our seasons when we're, not, when we're not winning is because one commentary puts it this way. A promise is as strong and trustworthy as the one giving the promise. Hallelujah, someone. Uh, a promise is as strong and trustworthy as the one who is giving the promise. Here it is; it is given by the eternal and omnipotent God. And because we understand that, we believe that uh, that God is a, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness. Uh, we can celebrate that while we're not winning in this season. That this season is about to change. Can I come and get you? While you're struggling in your marriage, I want you to know that in the word of God, there's a promise you can hold on to that things are about to change. Greater is coming. New things are being a- are going to be able to be birthed out of this situation because our reality does not dictate how God operates or does it dictate how God moves in our situation. And if we would just look back at what God has done in the past, look at what God is doing in our present, you ought to celebrate the fact that we are promised that he is to come. In actuality, while we're struggling with our addictions and all of these other relational issues that we have in our marriages, in our homes, in our communities. Here's the shadow of the text that our situation is about to change. Yeah. He is coming. Notice in verse 7, it says, behold, he's getting your attention. Right? And then it says, uh, I come writing. On the cloud. In other words, if I can just keep it 100, uh, the Bible says uh, in in Meshach's translation, uh, look out. I'm about to pull up. Look out. Because while you're struggling, I'm about to pull up. And when I pull up, I'm going to pull out and then make sure... That whatever the enemy has against you, that it will not prosper. That whatever the feat that the enemy thinks he has over your marriages and your families and in your church, it will not prosper. Because the one who was and is is yet to come. And here's where I want to celebrate because I trust that when you look at the word of God and you receive the word of God, you also receive the promises of God. And therefore, we can celebrate that while we're going through this reality, that the reality to come is far greater because of the promise keeper that gave it to us. The reality of our next season is better than the season we're currently going through. Because things are about to change because of the person who's giving the promise. I'm coming to a close. And family, while we're in this season, the, the, the word of God reminds us that if we're going to make it through this season, you ought to remember what God has done in the past. Remember God's presence, presence in your present predicament. Uh, but we ought to receive the promise. All right, we've been in Mississippi four years now, and while we've been in Mississippi, um, when we moved from seminary in 2017, we moved to Mississippi, and one of the things that I discovered is that my oldest son, Jira, suffered from separation anxiety. Uh, From changing from Alabama, Oakwood, to changing to Michigan, and then changing again to Laurel, Mississippi, Uh, so much changes were happening we did not understand or recognize the reality that he was forming separation anxiety so when I got there I started to get to know my church I started to do visits I started to go out and about and I didn't understand because every time I had to leave the house I wouldn't even get a minute or two out on the road I would receive a phone call from him and he asked the question daddy uh, how long are you going to be gone? And I was like, you know, as a father you know no patience why do you keep asking? I'm going to come back. Let's keep it real, right? Let, let, let's not pretend you guys all have the patience of the saints. And as my son was going through his separation anxiety I could not understand what caused it until we got help we believe in Jesus and therapy hallelujah someone and as he was going through therapy we recognized that every time we moved it was a different season for my son Alabama we didn't have no family but we made family we moved to Michigan we had family and family family And to go from that supporting community to be uh, exiled, I mean, um, sent to my district, it was too many changes in this young man's life. And he always questioned, Dad, are you going to go and come back? Dad, How long are you going to go and visit? Dad, are you going to come back like after the first house or the second house or the third house? My son was asking for details because internally he was suffering from being separated from his father. And as we struggled through this as a family and as we gained victory as a family. It reminds me. That I was able to comfort my son, not because of my words, but because of my actions. A promise is only relevant if if you trust the promise giver. A promise is only effective if you trust the person who's given the promise. I sat my son down, and I apologized for so many different transitions. I said, son, the life that we signed up for, the life that we've accepted, is a life where we're willing to continue to change through seasons. And I said, son, have I ever left you and not come back? He says, no, dad. But, but, but I'm scared because if you go and, and you get in an accident, anxiety, right? Uh, I, I'm just scared that you might go down the road and you might die. I, I, I'm scared that, that I, I won't have a father again. I, I, I'm scared because uh, if you go and, and you don't come back, it's just I, I'm going to have to take responsibility. At eight years old, my son is thinking this way. That's his son if you look at our history and you look at how many times daddy has tried to leave the house, have I ever abandoned you and not come back? He replies, no. I said, and that's because when we go for God, we believe that God's going to come for us. You may feel abandoned in this season. You may feel isolated in your darkness. You may feel disowned in your loneliness. But the word of God gives us hope and allows us to know that there's a promise in the word of God that I will never leave you Nor will I forsake you. That even if we walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they do comfort me. And I've come to talk to the individual that feels alone and abandoned. And I want you to know that if God is for you, who can be against you? the presence of the everlasting god is not only in our beginnings and in the end but he is the god of the in-betweens through your struggles through your pain through your trauma god is and if you ever get discouraged in this season you ought to make it through your season by simply remembering what god has done in the past understanding and recognize that even in this season of darkness and pain that God is working all things out for his glory and for his good and while you're struggling forward in this season you ought to receive the promise that he's coming with the clouds that the season that you're currently in doesn't last always that God is for us and because we can trust his word and he's never failed us yet we can trust in the promise that he's coming again. Family, there's someone in this space online virtually with us that feels abandoned and alone. And I want you to know that that as we are in this space of the unknown, that God's presence even exists in that. Would you say amen? That God's presence is so powerful that even while you're doubting how God is moving, he's still moving. Even while you're doubting how God is working, he's still working. And the reality is our God is so good and so great that he works things out that even when the enemy tries to give us bad, my God, your God, our God can turn that thing around and turn the bad things in our lives and make us victorious in our seasons to come. There's an individual here that needs to uh, make a call for commitment. Because you feel alone and abandoned. And I want to connect you whether you're virtually or here in the sanctuary. That here at Relove, we want to grow with you. That in your season of darkness and turmoil and tragedy, we have a pastoral team and a leadership here, team here at Relove that wants to connect with you Grow with you and bring commitment to your life. There's an individual here that that feels abandoned and alone because of all the hell that we had to go through this week. Still struggling, trying to fit into a mold of what a Christian looks like. Can I just tell you and debunk that whole myth? When you have a relationship with God, God dictates your relationship. I know I'm hired by the institution. They probably won't like this, but that's okay. I'm a visitor. I can say it and leave. Our churches need to be a safe space to those who are struggling in our families, in our homes, in our community. You smell that? It's God's glory. Take another Whiff. And also smells too clean in here. The church ought to be a place where I can walk through and I smell alcohol. It ought to be a place where I walk through. Wow, you smoked that green green. I don't forget where I come from. And I don't forget what the Lord has done for my life. And if God can do it for an idiot like me, he can do it for anyone under the sound of my voice. And there's a commitment that you need to make on today that says, God, while I'm struggling, I'm in the right place at the right time because God has given me my church family to be able to support me through every season of my life. There's a call for commitment. I don't know if this is your home church or or anywhere else. If you don't have a home church, come to Relove, where we exist. We exist. We exist to be present in your life and activate what God is doing in and through your life as well. We want to grow with you. We want to connect you. We definitely want you to commit to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. So if that's your desire this morning. We ask this. We simply ask you in the chat section. Say, I want to commit. And if you're here in the sanctuary and you want to commit to a new life in Christ, can I just tell you, debunk that reality? Uh, baptism is not the end. It's actually the beginning. We've been teaching it backwards, and that's the. I mean, uh, that's someone else's fault. Uh, but here's the reality: uh, that every time you start a new walk, we want to surround you as a support system that while you're struggling with your addiction or even with your marriage that that God's presence is not divorced from your situation and if that's you this morning I want you to simply put in the chat section I want you to simply stand to your feet and simply say God from here on out we're starting anew that means new in my soul new in my spirit, new in my life, new. And even after you accept the new, can I just tell you the reality? You're going to have to go through some in-betweens. And while you struggle through your in-betweens, you got to know that God is the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He will be the same forevermore. So family, after we come to a close, the the, the call is simply this. I want to commit to the God of the in-betweens. I want to commit that in this season where I'm not winning, God, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to grow with you, and I'm going to receive your promise. If that's your desire this morning, all over the building, would you just stand to your feet as I close us this afternoon? Praise the Lord. Our Father and our God, we bless you, we magnify you, We extol you because you are great and greatly to be praised. God, you are the God, the Alpha, the Omega, the one who was and is and is yet to come. God, we understand that even as you've given us your word that you work in every season of our lives, whether it's lonely and dark or whether it's victorious and triumphant. God, you've always been there. So for the individual who took the call to commit today, I pray that you would seal their decision, that you would allow them to walk in the newness of life and be supported by this amazing ministry and church of ReLove. Love. God, we give you the praise, honor, and glory, and while we're struggling through our in-betweens, even now, God, help us to remember what you did in the past. Recognize your presence in our present predicament, and God, we receive your promise that things are about to change because you are coming with the cloud we love you we thank you and we bless you in jesus name we pray amen and amen